Lynn. Hi, Mark. Welcome to a very special episode of Flop Pod. Uh, we have a ton of awesome guests actually lined up for the next few weeks. I'm super excited. Um, had to chat to these humans. We've had great guests so far and the train keeps running. If you're interested in chatting with us, we've had a few people reach out. So uh, slip into our DMs. Uh, you can post on our wall um, at Flatpot on Facebook. You can uh, message private message us on Instagram. You can reach out to either myself or Mark. We'd love to hear from anyone and everyone. Yes, indeed. Today, we thought uh, we'd just give you a special mini episode um, because performance venue regulations and guidelines came out from the government um, just last week. Um, and I don't think it's what we expected as performers. Um, it really limits what people can do in a performing space and those that were putting their projects on hold uh, to see uh, what might be possible. I think it's causing them to the overused word pivot uh, once again um, and try to find new solutions if they can. And I think um, there's a lot in the document. And if you want to check it out, it's on the NLGov website. Um, but the most astounding thing is that uh, you're only allowed to have a maximum of 50 people in the theater. And that would include your cast, your crew and your audience, and that you would have to maintain physical distancing among those audience members. Um, and it does limit uh, what you can do. It also has a big limitation of what kind of box office uh, returns you're looking at just depending on your production um, and what your budget was in the first place. And so we thought it's a question that's been floating around with a number of our guests. How will COVID impact what you're going to make? And we're going to ask a couple of people specifically about that. Um, but we thought we'd open the conversation. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's really interesting when you think about the impact that the, the pandemic has already had on productions that were, you know, on the stage at the time that everything got locked down. Um, if uh, audiences might remember from our first episode, Philip Goodridge was in a production of La Caja Full by Tada uh, Productions. Uh, and surely with cast and crew, like including the, the, the performers and the dancers and everybody backstage, like there's almost 50 people in that company anyway. So like as an audience member, am I going to go pay like a thousand dollars to sit in the theater by myself to watch a play? I mean, we've always kind of joked about that. Like, Oh, I wish that I could just go to a theater and watch plays by myself all the time. But in reality, it, it's not possible. Um, and so I think it's, it, it, it's, it's interesting when we talk to some of the performers about how they're changing up the way that they create uh, and sort of what the final outcome is going to be of something that they're working on. Uh, I know that for myself, uh, projects that I sort of have in the works at the moment, um, I can do those by myself. Uh, if it's something I'm writing, I can sit in my apartment and I can write. Uh, if it's a workshop, uh, it, workshops can take place over uh, Zoom, just like the podcast takes place over Zoom. Uh, so there's those things that I think can still happen. But um, there's other things, and I think specifically uh, 
Lynn, with you, there's, there's movement pieces and there are dance pieces that um, I'm really curious to know how, how you, can, you can make these dance pieces and movements piece, movement pieces happen given these restrictions. And I mean, like even, even some of the restrictions of in rehearsal, you have to wear a mask. Um, on stage during tech, you have to wear a mask. Uh, it's, I don't know. How, how, how are you gonna, how are you gonna do it going forward? Well, for a little bit of background context, I think I'm going to speak specifically um, to a larger fu funded project that I'm working on. I was very lucky to receive um, funding uh, for um, a movement theater dance collaborative piece um, that's primarily contact improv, which is impossible regardless of um, performance and venue guidelines um, because it's contact improv with a large group of, of human beings. It's just not a safe thing. So I was chuffed to receive funding but understood right away um, regardless of what was changing and everything was a moving target for a little while that the project would not be possible the way that I had conceived it. Um, and as things go down the pipe, I think um, a number of us, uh, certainly myself, was waiting um, for the moving target to land uh, because you kind of can't make plans without knowing exactly what was going to happen. And my original uh, plan involved a large group of um, interdisciplinary artists, everyone from uh, a different background, everyone from a different life experience. Um, and I was inviting them into a space to make themselves vulnerable, uh, to um, take some risks. Um, in terms of imagery, my main image was a series of intertwined hands, um, which now seems um, impossible when you see someone on TV as two strangers hugging or people too close in a scene, you kind of recoil a little bit. So I couldn't imagine doing that in my everyday life. Um, so all of that creative process, um, all of that documentation working towards the grant kind of has to be thrown out the window. And either you make the decision uh, to not accept the money and not employ artists, or revision your idea. And I really thought very carefully about that because it's very clear to me that I was unable uh, to uh, conduct the project in the way that I had intended. But what I was able to do is conduct the project in the spirit which I had intended. So all of my original imagery about the entwined hands, could that be a solo? Um, I had a big uh, community outreach. Um, part of my practice is making um, dance and theater works very accessible to the public. So I like to use non-traditional space. Um, and so I was gonna use a public space. Um, people could move around. It was gonna be very accessible. That now is not going to be possible. Part of the project was outreach, including a lot of people in a room working together, um, you know, uh, extending that bubble of performers, you know, pardon the metaphor, into the larger community. And that's not possible. So what is possible? How can I still explore that risk-taking, that vulnerability, while keeping artists and collaborators safe? Uh, and, and full disclosure, um, I'm involved in uh, Lynn's piece. Uh, 
And she sent us a breakdown the other day uh, of, you know, here was the original intent. Here is what I'm thinking of doing. Uh, and here is a survey for you as participants to complete uh, to let me know what your level of comfort is. Do you feel safe doing this? Would you be open to doing this? Uh, and it was very refreshing. Uh, I mean, I, I do find that oftentimes when I work with Lynn that uh, there is a lot of care taken for the participant and the performer, but I found this to be like just an extra step to know that, you know, I'm, I am okay with contact as long as other people are okay with contact and other people are also, uh, we've been calling ourselves contact tracers. Uh, as long as other people are tracing who they've been in contact with and you know, they're, they're being aware of the current situation that we live in, they're being aware of the different bubbles and the expanded bubbles and I'm okay with those things. But I also appreciate and understand that if another uh, performer participant is not okay with that, then I don't want to be stepping into their bubble or, or making them feel uncomfortable in, uh, in any way. Um, do you want to sort of tell the audience uh, how you're, sort of what the new vision for the show is? Or uh, did you want to like save that for like a big release? No, I... <laughs> I can talk about it. Um, I want to make sure that I disclaim that um, uh, the questions that I asked are all contained under the rubric of government regulations. So um, yes. first of all, there is like the safety that, um, you know, the government policy kind of outlines best practices and those best practices are um, minimal. Uh, so at minimum, these are the things that you can expect. You can expect um, access to hygiene. You can expect um, physical distancing, uh, you know, enough space to do that properly. Uh, you can expect contact tracing. There, uh, you know, there are, you know, a minimal things um, under government guidelines that I can provide. Um, but I've recently um, started engaging more in and studying intimacy work in theater and um, one of the tenets of that work is enthusiastic consent. So for me, um, as I approach any project, uh, I wanna make sure that everyone in the room is approaching with enthusiastic consent. I think the best work comes out of tension. I think the best work uh, can come out of um, uh, stepping out of a comfort zone um, so I, I don't think the best work comes out of safety, but the best work comes out of consent. I really like that idea of enthusiastic consent because I find a lot of times um, previously in rehearsals for shows uh, and in different situations, people feel obligated to say yes when they're not entirely comfortable. And it's a form of peer pressure. It's a form of... Um, just the director is there, I have to respect their power. Even though you as a performer, you as a participant have a right to say no to a certain situation or ask if it could be changed up a bit. And it was funny, I was gonna ask you about how intimacy is gonna work going forward. 
Um, I think there is a movement, particularly among female directors, um, which I count myself under, uh, to move away from a top-down directorial approach um, and uh, approach the situation more like a curator. Your job is to get the best people in the room uh, to live up to the best of their abilities. That's your job. Your job is not necessarily um, as dictator. Um, your job is uh, to bring people together that can share a vision and work towards a goal. And certainly that is entirely what my project is about. And it's also my approach to artistic practice. Um, and so this is the first time I've been uh, funded for a group project like this. Uh, so I kind of wanted to really start from my basic artistic practice and my tenants. Um, and then, you know, my next projects would be able to, um, to lead me elsewhere. Um, so what I did for the artists is I allowed them to kind of choose your own adventure, choose your own level of intimacy and comfort, starting at a bare minimum. Uh, would you be willing to do a Zoom call with me and we could interact virtually? Would you be willing to move one-to-one -one in the studio? Would you be willing to um, socially or physically distance uh, with the group of people, all following guidelines, all following hand hygiene? Would you be willing to uh, bubble with another uh, participant, um, essentially, in that that would be your partner in terms of intimacy? and contact. Um, my approach to intimacy in this work, enthusiastic consent is always it. Um, I will say that I was looking forward uh, to a less gendered and certainly um, more platonic uh, relationships, uh, which is not to say there's not intimacy there, because there is, but that's certainly um, the gestures and the yeah, the gestures and the vocabulary might be a little bit different than if it was uh, romantic. So you're not going to have any mouth on mouth contact or you're not going to have a mouth on anywhere else contact. Um, the skin to skin content uh, contact would would be quite minimal. And as per my original vision was to be hands. I did originally envision a lot of uh, lifts, which I think now I'm going to take out and how I, I, I shifted my ideas is I thought about the idea of entwined hands. And of course, in every public washroom and on the internet, the very first thing that happened um, when uh, the pandemic uh, became apparent is we had all these charts about washing our hands. And one of the moves is an intertwining of the hands. And so I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. Instead of intertwining hands with other people, the idea of intertwining hands uh, with ourselves. And so I think we're going to start with that idea. Hopefully it won't be so literal. My job is to take that vocabulary and, and then break it down so it'll be a piece of interest and hopefully have some tension and some new meaning. Um, so that's what I'm looking at going forward. And of course, in place of um, a public live performance, I think I'm going to add a video element, which is not always uh, successful. Um, but I do think for a dance medium, because it's also visual art, um, I'm working with Richie Perez, uh, who has a beautiful um, eye for photography. Um, he is a cinematographer. He, to me, is as much a director of photography as anything else. He certainly has a style and an insight, um, and I'm really looking forward to him being part of the collaborative process. So it's not film for documentation, 
its film as part of the experience and hopefully then the camera can represent um, what would be the eye of the audience allowing you to see specific individuals and the group as a whole and also the performance is going to be done outside uh, to limit risk um it was really nice to be in your studio the other day um lynn has her dance floor in her studio set up so that each performer gets a, a, a bubbled space to themselves. Uh, and there was something very interesting about seeing that grid on the floor. I don't know if it was just a, a visual thing that I was drawn to, uh, but I think there are, I think a lot of people are looking at uh, the new regulations as um, a, a bad thing. But I'm a very, very firm believer that Every, every creative process, everything needs a set of limitations. And those limitations become the building blocks for a creative process and for a creative aesthetic. Like, I think I even said to Lynn when I was in her studio, it's like, oh, all I want to see is someone like, I want to see a piece where someone is mopping the floor. I just want to see them mop the floor and then, like, what can that become? Does the floor change color? Does, does, does the water do something? It, are there bubbles? Like what, what is the, what is the story that can be told now that we're limited to the amount of people and the amount of space that, that we have to tell stories? Yeah, limitation uh, begets innovation as far as I'm concerned, um, and I'll speak for my own career, my limitation has for a long time been budget. Um, when I was first starting out as a baby artist, uh, I think my theme uh, well before Tim Dunn and Project Runway was make it work. Just kind of whatever we have, whatever we can use, whatever we can work with, uh, just make it work. Make it work with one hour of rehearsal because that's all the paid rehearsal that I can allow for this particular performance. Um, so for me, I appreciate limits. Um, Artistic Fraud, uh, as a fundraiser, used to do the 24-hour musical, whereby parts were cast, music was given out, and starting at 8 p.m., and then 8 p.m. the next day, the musical was presented. And it was such a popular event uh, to both participate in as a performer or participate in as an audience member, I think because of that limitation, that limitation, um, that test of ability, perseverance, character, um, was really exciting and adrenaline uh, building. So for me, um, shifting the framework a little bit, okay, so we're not gonna do group lifts, okay, so we are not gonna do a, a contact piece where people touch one another. Can we create a contact piece where people do not touch one another? And so that hopefully through this process um, is the question uh, that I'm gonna pose to the group and uh, let's see what comes out of it. I just got the question before everyone else did. So he 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 he. I'm like a step ahead now. <laughs> Cheater. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm really looking forward to uh, our surprise guest next week. And um, I think you should keep us up to date on sort of how this process is going. Uh, we're going to do more of these COVID chats with other uh, artists and performers and presenters uh, to get their kind of feedback. Uh, and I hope you guys stick along for the ride.
Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye. We're waving, but you can't tell. Beautiful. Check, check. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. Like, should I speak like that the entire time? Uh, always. Excellent. Ha, ha, ha.